Hey, Reach Paramount, welcome to our podcast. We really hope this message encourages and challenges you as you walk with the Lord every day. Enjoy this message. Good to see all of you. You can be seated this morning. We're glad you're here and just really feel the presence of God. I just love that song. That song we sang, you know, here comes the presence of the Lord. Sweeping in the room. How many believe he's here today? presence of God is in this house today. In fact, why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, you're in the right place at the right time right now. All right, you guys are jumping ahead of me. That's all right. We welcome all of you. Glad those uh, that are watching online as well. Uh, I'm going to minister and we're going to continue our series that we started here in the beginning of April, uh, especially as we've just Uh, come through the Passion Week last week, and we've been talking about the cross and the crown, how Jesus went from the cross to the crown and the victor, and we've been talking about the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ and how the cross and the crown basically sealed the epic uh, moment. And so I'm going to read a scripture here, then we're going to pray. And I believe today as I minister this word, It's going to apply to every single person in this room. There's not a single individual in this room that has never had to deal with this. And I really kind of want to bring out something that will really help you and really kind of teach you some things that will really help you in your life. So I'm going to read this verse of scripture of Jesus as he hung on the cross. He made this statement in Luke chapter 23. Verse number 34, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they divided his clothes by casting lots. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word. We thank you for grace. We thank you for forgiveness. And Lord, I pray today that you'd open our hearts, our minds today to receive the word. Remove every distraction. So many things today, God, that may be pressing on us and maybe as we prepare for the week lord i pray that you'll just kind of lift that weight right now and help us to receive the word pray for the anointing of the holy spirit as i declare your promises today to the people of god and let the people hear the voice behind the voice and everyone said amen in jesus name all right so think about this when we think about our lives and all the different things that we've done And if you look at your past and some of the wrong that you've done, it's amazing that God has forgiven us. Am I right? In fact, the Bible says that God is for us. He's not against us. And the reason why the Lord says that is because we've been forgiven by his grace. And when we think about forgiveness, we often think that we are just to receive it and it ends there. But really, we've been forgiven to forgive. And I want to talk about that this morning. We have been forgiven so that we can forgive others. And I'm going to talk about forgiveness. I'm going to talk about what it is and what it is not. I'm going to talk about the different dynamics or logistics about forgiveness because a lot of people have a misunderstanding of what forgiveness is. And they also don't understand what it's not. And so I want to give you some clarity out of God's word because I believe God has forgiven us 
so that we can forgive others. In fact, Jesus said it this way in Matthew 10:8, give as freely as you have received. And I believe forgiveness is covered in the New Testament uh, scriptures because he knew, God knew that we would be in a place or in a season that we will regularly be in a situation and circumstances where we would have to forgive. Because how many know we live in an imperfect world with imperfect people who make imperfect decisions? Am I right? And it not only affects them, but it affects all of us. And because of people's imperfection, it causes pain. If you have not ever had any pain in your life, then you're not alive. You're dead. This is not real for you right now. I'm here to tell you, all of us that have been walking this earth at some point have had pain. In fact, Jesus, the 33 years that he lived, especially when he began to start his ministry, he knew what it was to feel rejection. He knew what it was to be dishonored. He knew what it was to feel pain. And I can tell you the prerequisite to healing of pain and sorrow and offense is the healing process starts with forgiveness. It really does. And Jesus is really the ultimate picture of what, or the ultimate example, the embodiment of what forgiveness is. In fact, when we begin to read the Bible, the Bible gives us instruction, but if you want to know the example of it, you want to look at Jesus' life. When you want instruction, you go to the Bible. When you want an example, you look at Jesus. Jesus was the example of someone that was able to demonstrate forgiveness. Here is Jesus on the cross, the pain of the crucifixion. I mean, you have to be mean. You got to be brutal not to have any compassion for a man that you've crucified that has been completely innocent. And Jesus reframed forgiveness for us. He gives us a new picture of what forgiveness is. Now, I want you to understand forgiveness is not a feeling. I believe as we forgive, feelings will catch up. But forgiveness is the commandment. Forgiveness is something we have to do. You don't have a choice. And if you want to be healed, you better start the process of forgiveness. Now, here's a couple of things I want to talk about. Before I talk about forgiveness, I want to tell you what forgiveness is not. So take some notes today because I believe it's going to help you. Forgiveness is not conditional. In other words, today, there is not a condition that you put on people. I'll forgive you if you do this. It's not a bargain. We're not bargaining with people. I'm going to forgive you if you do this or you do that. Genuine forgiveness, listen to me, is unconditional. It's even given when people are not asking for it. Jesus is forgiving people on the cross that are not asking for it. They certainly don't deserve it. Am I right? Jesus is forgiving people who are not sorry. Jesus is hanging on the cross saying, Father, forgive them 
and yet these people are so ignorant of what they've done. They are so callous of what they've done. They're not even asking for forgiveness. Uh, they're not even recognizing that, uh, they need forgiveness. They're not even sorry for what they've done. And yet Jesus is not putting any condition on him. He's not saying, I'll forgive you guys if you repent. I'll forgive you if you're sorry. He offers forgiveness even for people that are not asking for it. And so God is saying to you, you need to forgive people immediately, instantly. Number two, I'm going to tell you again what forgiveness is not. Forgiveness isn't minimizing the seriousness of the offense. In other words, we don't evaluate things that have happened to us uh, when people have offended us. And then we say, well, you know, it's not that bad, so I'll forgive them. That's not what we're talking about. It's not minimizing the wrong that has been done to you. If it hurts you, it's a reality. If it hurts you badly, it's worth forgiving. Can you say amen? So it's not about minimizing the hurt. In other words, the more I minimize it, the more I make it less painful, then I'm able to forgive. No, uh, in fact, the more painful it is, the more hurtful it is, the more you need to forgive. The more necessary forgiveness is. So forgiveness is not minimizing the seriousness of the offense. I want to show you some pictures here. I want to show you the first picture here of this young man. If you can show this young man, this young man is about to be hung. The reason why he's about to be hung, this is in Iran, and they still do it publicly. They will hang people and execute people in public. And in fact, this young man right here, what he did when he was 18 years old, is he killed a young man in a fight. He had a knife on him. He got into a fight, and he stabbed a young man and killed him. And this mother of the young man that was killed is now what they've done is they put him on a chair. You see that chair right there? And what the family gets to do of the person that has been murdered, they get to come over and kick the chair and watch this man be executed. Uh, the father of the young man that was killed left it up to his wife, to the mother. She said, you decide what you want to do. And her name was Samara uh, Alinhad. And along with hundreds of people that are gathered there, they're watching this uh, execution about to take place. The trial and the time, it's taken seven years to finally find this man, finally get enough witnesses, and sure enough, he did it. He admitted he did it. They finally got him, and now seven years, she's been waiting for revenge. Seven years, she's been waiting to see this man killed for the murder of her son. And so just moments before his execution, I want you to show the next picture here. And she ends up going up to the young man, and she slaps him. She slaps him, and she said, something happened when she slapped that man. She said, everything in her heart just kind of vanished. And she realized at that moment, because on the side, behind the fence, was this young man's family pleading for his life. Please forgive him. Please forgive him. Other people are saying, execute him. And so she slaps this man, and then she says, I forgive him. And I want you to show the next picture. 
her and her husband literally are taking the noose off of this young man. That is forgiveness. I said, that is forgiveness. Now, you can, you can take away the picture, but forgiveness, again, is not minimizing what was done. It's not saying uh, what this young man did was not serious. In fact, it would have been kind of weird for any of us or for me to go up to them and say, well, you know, it's not a big deal. Uh, you know, uh, uh, they would say, what are you talking about? It is the big deal. And so I want you to know there is a difference between being wronged and being wounded. When you are wounded unintentionally, that's one thing. And when you are wrong intentionally, that's another thing. Now, what do I mean by that? Many of us are going to be offended or wounded unintentionally. In other words, somebody may not like the way you dress. Somebody may not like, maybe right now, some of you fashion-feeling people, maybe you don't like what I'm wearing. Uh, 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 you know, I, 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 I'm not going to apologize to you for what I'm wearing. Uh, you know what I mean? I, if it wounds you, I don't know. All you need to do is learn acceptance. You have to learn acceptance. Am I right? So there's wounds, really unintentional wounds by people are an area where we just need to accept that we're not going to please everybody. Not everybody's going to be happy by what we say. Uh, we live in that kind of, but I'm talking in more seriousness, intentional, hurtful wrongs. When somebody has intentionally slandered you, when someone has intentionally harmed you, is out to get you, that's what I'm talking about. These are the wrongs that people have done to you. Those are supposed to be reserved for forgiveness, not unintentional wounds. People don't need to be apologizing for things that, that because you're just offended over just, uh, uh, you know, things that really don't matter. We're talking about someone that un intentionally did something to you to hurt you. That's what you need to forgive. Number three, here's really interesting where it gets interesting. Forgiveness is not an instant restoration of trust and credibility in the relationship. Hear what I'm saying. This is where a lot of us get it wrong. We think forgiveness is reconciliation. No, forgiveness is instant. Rebuilding relationship takes time. Rebuilding the trust that that person had broken takes time. There's a difference between forgiving a person and trusting a person. Forgiveness simply says, I pardon you for the damage that was done, but it doesn't guarantee that a relationship is going to get back to where it was. That has to be built. That has to be credibility before it goes back to normal. Are you with me? In fact, a lot of it, if you're going to restore that relationship with that person, number one, there has to be repentance, genuine repentance. Uh, there has to be basically fruits of repentance. There has to be also restitution. In other words, if somebody has taken something from you and they want to restore that relationship, there needs to be a restitution possibly. 
There has to be some time of rebuilding that trust for the damage that was done. I'll give you an extreme example. If there's a couple that has been married and the husband is an alcoholic, he's been abusive to his wife, and all of a sudden he comes home and he says, will you forgive me? Well, of course I forgive you. Oh, can I come back in? Oh, that's another story. Reconciliation is another story. Are you with me? It's not automatic. You just come home just because I forgive you. Forgiveness is one thing. Reconciliation is another. No, there has to be a process for that. I have to see that there's been a change. I've got to see that there's been uh, uh, there's fruits of repentance. I've got to see that you, you're going to get some help before I let you back in. Before the relay. I've got to see some track record change. Trust is earned. Forgiveness is instant. Did you hear me? And so we're not obligated to instantly trust people. We are obligated to instantly forgive people, but trust is earned. Are you with me? Number four, real forgiveness is not forgetting what happened. And a lot of us think we've heard this the American way. It's a little cute little saying, forgive and forget. That's not in the Bible. That's just not in the Bible. Doesn't say forgive and forget. Doesn't say that. In fact, some of you, you've been forgiven. You've been forgiven. You need to remember what God brought you out of. Amen. You, you, you'll be a little bit more thankful in worship. Maybe you lift your hand a little bit higher. Maybe you've forgotten what He delivered you from. Maybe you've forgotten what He's forgiving you from. And you ought to be shouting. You ought to be giving God glory more if you remember some of the stuff that he's done for you. So forgiveness is not forgetting what has happened. We think it's logical that, you know, I've been forgiven, so therefore I need to forget. No. In fact, it's not logical. There's a lot of things that have happened to our life that you'll probably never forget. Now, here's the key. God's going to bring healing and the pain won't be as great as it used to be. But sometimes maybe the pain will never, be, never go away. But, it'll never, it, but if you let God heal you, it won't be as severe as it was. Yeah. It won't be as dark as it was in your life. Are you with me? But to say that you're going to forget it, to say that all, all this trauma that happened in my life, I'm just going to, uh, God just brings a giant eraser when I get saved uh, and it's all gone. In fact, scientifically, they say that the brain stores everything. And if you're to go deeper inside the brain, if they're able, every file of whatever happened to you can be found. It's actually, we don't actually forget anything. Now, the pain of it is what God helps bring healing. Can you say amen? And actually, when you remember what God's done and seeing what he's done out of your life, man, it's powerful to remember. In fact, the Bible says in Romans 8, 28, all things work together for the good of those that love God and are called according to his purpose. We see the sovereignty of God. So you're never going to forget, but God helps you with the pain. Number five, are you ready for this? Forgiveness isn't my right to do when I wasn't the one that was hurt. So in other words, if a damage had been done to somebody else, or damage had been done to a certain group of people, I don't have the right to get up and say, well, you know, we forgive those that have offended those. Like, well, you weren't the one offended. How do you, 
How do you ask for forgiveness on, on behalf of a group of people? Or on behalf of a, a family? Are you with me? That, per, that family, that person that was directly hurt has the only right to forgive. Are you hearing me? Only the victim, listen to me, can pronounce forgiveness to those who have been offended. If you weren't hurt, it's not your place to ask forgiveness. Unless that person gave you that. Are you with me? So there's a lot of times in life where we see this happen. I've seen it in tragedies, and I think people mean well, but you've seen it where someone has gone in, and, and a young man had gone in and killed uh, other students, and all of a sudden, uh, all these students have the banner, we forgive you, like, wait a minute, wait a minute, You're, you, that's not your family, that wasn't your daughter, that wasn't your sister or your brother. You're saying forgive the person that did the wrong, and the very next day, and, and the family hasn't even had a chance to grieve yet. Wow. Who are you to ask forgiveness? You weren't the one directly hurt. And I think people mean well. I think it's good intention, but I don't see it in the Bible. Because it's really the parents are the one to give that forgiveness. It'd be like me going up and, and saying, well, on behalf uh, of all the Holocaust victims, uh, we forgive Hitler, we forget Eichmann, we forget all the people. Like, well, you weren't affected by the Holocaust. What about your family? You know, your family wasn't the one that was killed. How can you ask forgiveness when you're not the one that was directly affected? Forgiveness is not my right if I'm not the one that got hurt. Did you hear what I'm saying today? And so this is very, very crucial that we understand that forgiveness has to be the one that has been hurt or the one that's been directly related to that hurt that can only be the one that can ask forgiveness. Now listen to me. There's lots of times that when that person asks for forgiveness doesn't mean that everything else comes in order. There are still ramifications of what you've done. I've talked to people where, and I've seen it where there was a, a person that was on crack cocaine perhaps and they had a baby and they asked for forgiveness. Now I understand that, but there's also a price to pay because now, now you have a crack baby, now you have to pay the price to society for what you've done. Or somebody that lived a promiscuous life and went around sleeping around and now they've got some kind of sexual disease or some type, or they've gotten AIDS uh, and yes, they've asked for forgiveness but there's still a price many times, consequences of our sin. Thank God that God forgives us uh, but we have to understand that not all the consequences vanish. I said not all the consequences vanish. And so we have to face that. We have to understand that. That's why real forgiveness is something we really have to strive for and we really have to understand. I read this, the weak can never forgive. Forgiveness is the attribute of the strong. The weak can never forgive, but forgiveness is the attribute of the strong. Now what is real forgiveness? I'm gonna give you four things today because I believe this is what exactly what Jesus displayed on the cross when he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Jesus had the right to forgive them because he was the one that was directly and brutally 
uh, tortured, and yet he was able to forgive. And because of his innocence, he took upon the sins of the world. And so all of us, uh, I'm going to give you four things that will help you learn or will help you forgive. Number one, remembering how much you've been forgiven. So again, you've been forgiven to forgive others. What's going to help you forgive is you have to remember how much you've been forgiven. That's the problem with many of us. We hold grudges. We're mad. We're angry. We hold things over people. I think you've forgotten how much you've been forgiven of. We're quick to call a foul. We're quick to call a mistake. We're quick, real uh, fast to call out a fault in a person. But you've forgotten all the faults in your own life. You've forgotten how much grace God's given you. Ephesians 4.32, be kind and compassionate to one another, it says. Forgiving each other, what? Just as in Christ, God forgave you. Forgiveness is not something you earn. Forgiveness is not something you deserve. Forgiveness is an act of faith in Christ because of his grace. Forgiveness is an act of faith, of grace today. You cannot say, well, I'm forgiven, but then I don't want to forgive others. You're going to have a hard time getting into heaven. I'm just, I'm, I'm going to read you a few scriptures about that in a little bit. But, you, you know, we're, we're hard on others, but yet we forget what God's done for us. I believe this, the more grace you receive the more grace you should give to others. Jesus said one day when he was uh, there gathered uh, among, uh, he was eating a meal and all the religious people were around and the Bible says uh, as he was eating a meal there at the table and you have to remember when they, when they ate at the table they kind of laid down and they would eat uh, not like we sit in a chair today and this woman came from behind him so to speak uh, and she broke this alabaster box, this perfume uh, that was really expensive uh, and she she poured it on the feet of Jesus uh, and she wept uh, and she cried at his feet uh, and the Bible says uh, that the religious people were mad they were upset they go man this woman from the street is touching him man had, had if he were the real prophet of God he would know who she is and Jesus rebuked them and Jesus said you know what you guys need to lighten up basically to him that's been forgiven much, love much. He goes, this action that she did would be remembered. In other words, this was an act of worship. This was an act of grace. Man, I know who she is. She's been forgiven. And because of her forgiveness or because she's been forgiven, she is worshiping God. She's thankful to him that is forgiven much, love much. Did you hear me? You've learned how to forgive others. See, when you can't forgive others, you've forgotten how much God has forgiven you. Number two, in order to forgive, you have to resign your right to get even with people. You have to resign it. You have to, you have to give it up. Romans 12, 9, never avenge yourself. Leave that to God, for he has said he will repay those who deserve it. Notice it doesn't say get even. Doesn't say retaliate. If I forgive them, then I mean that means I give up the right 
of getting even. That's exactly what forgiveness is. You give your right up to get even. Can I tell you, it's the quietest place I've ever been here preaching in my life. <laughs> this is like so quiet. I feel like I'm like a college professor and everybody is... Boy, you guys are quiet. Now, either you're being convicted by what I'm saying today. Oh, let me move on, okay? <laughs> Finally, somebody's out there talking to me. I'm used to you guys talking back to me, but you guys ain't talking back to me today. So it gives up to right to get even. See, forgiveness is not about being fair. Justice is fair. Forgiveness is grace. Okay? And if we were looking for justice, uh, and we need God, if we needed God's justice, man, we'd all be dead. Right? Because God didn't give us justice, he gave us grace. And so we're looking for justice. No, 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 no. You need, you've forgotten grace. Well, we don't deserve it. We didn't earn it today. God has been gracious to us. And so the Bible says, as far as getting even, as far as getting evening the score and all of that, we leave the justice to God. That's not up to you to get justice. It's not up to you. Now, I understand in life there are things that, uh, legal things to get justice. I understand all of those different dynamics. But what I'm saying to you, and sometimes even then you don't get justice. And even then things aren't, uh, the wrong isn't made right. And so we have to put that in the hands of God. We have to trust God that God, you'll take care of it. Any wrong that has been done to me, any injustice that has been done, God, you'll take care. I trust you. I've done that many times. You probably have too. Maybe even at a job where you felt there was some injustice done. Maybe they, they looked over you. They didn't promote you. They didn't give you the raise. They lied to you. They fired you unjustly. They kept somebody else, one of the favorite supervisor's friend, when you had the right to stay there. And they, they did you unjustly. I, I found when I've done, had anything unjust, somehow later on, God kind of evened the score. I've, I just found sometimes that later on, I said, you know what? Thank God I got, I, I, there was some injustice because that led me over here. And that put me into that place. And I probably wouldn't be over here had I stood there. And, and thank God, you know, so sometimes at the moment, we're not thanking God. At the moment, we want revenge. Mo, when I see that guy, whoo, I'm going to get him. <laughs> Leave it to God. When we forgive, it's not responding to evil. It's responding to evil with good. Bible says, Luke chapter 6, Jesus said, Do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who mistreat you. How do you know you, can genuine, you have genuinely forgiven people is when you can pray for people. And I'm not talking about praying for ulcers and all kinds of bad things on people. What I'm saying, praying for the blessing of God. Pray for those that have done you wrong. You're not cursing. And you know the Bible tells us in 1 Peter that we're called to bless and not to curse? That's witchcraft. Are you cursing people? That's witchcraft. God's called us to bless. God's called us to bless people, not curse people. And yet in the scriptures telling us over and over, we're, we're, we're to respond with good even when evil has been done to us. And you may say, you say well, how can I 
How can I give forgiveness? How can I bless someone? Because you've got to think of what God's done for you. See, when you're hurt and you don't let it go, hurt people hurt other people. I realize that sometimes when I'm dealing with people and the way they're responding to me, they're not responding to me. They're responding to a hurt that's still inside them. Because hurt people hurt other people. They won't release it. So genuine forgiveness is responding in love and in grace even when evil is being kept, uh, being uh, given to you. I, I, I did a series last, uh, last year about keeping score. Remember that? Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, 5, love keeps no record of wrong. Don't keep the record. Don't, don't build a resume of all the wrong that's been done to you. There was the guy that was having a big argument with his wife. The next morning, he went to the office. He said, last night, my wife got historical. His friend said, no, you mean hysterical. <laughs> he said, no, historical. She told me everything I've done wrong. <laughs> she got historical. We don't have a right to get historical with people. Doesn't mean that we forget the wrong. It means we don't use the wrongs as ammunition against the other person. That's what that means. You mean, hey, I pardon you. I keep no record of wrong. I resign my right. Did you hear me? To keep record of all the wrong that's been done to me. Number four, we repeat the process as long as and often as we need to. Forgiveness is not an occasional act. Martin Luther King Jr. said this. Forgiveness is not an occasional act. It's the constant attitude. It's constant. It's not something we just occasionally do. Forgiveness is not one, a one-shot event. How long uh, do I need to keep forgiving this person? Peter came to Jesus and said uh, in Matthew 18, Peter asked, Lord, how often should I forgive somebody who sins against me? Seven times? The reason why he said seven times is because the Jewish code was that you forgave a person up to three times. So Peter was thinking he was being generous. Man, I'm, I'm going to double it up. So I went, he went to Jesus. He said, you know what? Should it be seven times? And then Jesus said, no, 70 times seven. I go, whoa, whoa, hold on a second. And so a lot of us would do the math. No, Jesus wasn't saying do the math. He was saying eternally. I, Okay, don't do the math. Well, that means I'm still counting. No, no, that means you're keeping score. That's not what Jesus was saying. He says you keep forgiving them as long as they offend you. Did you hear me? You say, why well, should I forgive that person that he just did it again and did it again? You keep forgiving that person. Doesn't mean, again, that you restore that relationship back to where it was, but forgiveness is something you have to do as long as you're offended. Now, you may say, well, how do I reconcile or how do I make this right with this person? Uh, or should I go to this person and, and ask for forgiveness if I've done them wrong or somebody that's hurt me? And, and it always gets into those dynamics of should I go to that person and ask forgiveness? And I would tell you, it, it depends on a lot of situations, who that person is, how open they are. Sometimes that's not even advisable. Sometimes even personally talking 
to a person is not advised. See, forgiveness is something you do in your heart. You understand what I'm saying? And it's not always that you have to go directly to that person because sometimes that person may live somewhere else. That person may be in a different state in their mind. That person may even be dead. And so how do you ask for forgiveness or how do you forgive that other person? And so all of these dynamics shape place. You really need to get wisdom if you're going to actually talk to someone that's offended you and, 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 or, 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 you're go, or you're going to uh, ask for forgiveness. All of those dynamics I often have people ask me, Pastor, this happened, and, and I feel like I need to go talk to that person. And it really depends on the situation. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes it's not the, the, the time to do it. It all depends. I believe God sets it up when it is time. You don't have to push the issue. Are you with me? So three reasons, again, we ought to forgive. Because God's been gracious to us. Can you say amen? And think about this. You will never have to forgive anyone else more than Jesus Christ has already forgiven you. Think about that. Number two, you need to forgive because bitterness is the alternative and bitterness will kill you. If you think, well, you know, I don't need to forgive, what happens is you begin to get bitter and you're only hurting yourself. It'll begin to rob you of your joy. Can I tell you, I can't, I, I can't even keep count of how many people don't have any joy, don't have any peace. And when it gets down to it, it's because there's unforgiveness in their heart. They blame everybody, they do this, but deep down inside, what's robbed them of their joy is they're resentful toward people, they're bitter toward people, they're mad about a situation, they're rehearsing something in their memory over and over like it was yesterday, and they can't let it go. Bitterness never works. I read this quote, to forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that that prisoner was you. A lot of us are prisoners of our own unforgiveness. Hebrews chapter 12 says it this way, be careful that none of you fails to respond to the grace which God gives for he does there, for he does, there can, can, let me read this again. Be careful that none of you fails to respond to the grace which God gets for. If he does, there can very easily spring up in him a bitter spirit, which is not only bad in itself, but it can also poison the lives of many others like your children. I've seen bitterness passed on from family to family. And why should we forgive? Because God expects you to do it. He expects you to do it. Matthew 6, 15. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sin, your Father will not forgive your sin. Think about it. Do not burn the bridge that you got to walk across to get to heaven. A lot of us are burning that bridge because of unforgiveness. We've not learned to give it to God. We've not learned to forgive that person. And what happens is our soul gets shriveled up, man. We're dying in bitterness. And I can tell you, man, I, I don't want to die a bitter old man. It's not worth it. Bitterness is not doing anything for you. You've heard me say it. It's like drinking poison and hoping the other person will die. That's what the bitterness peel is all about. 
You've got to release them. You've got to realize, man, God forgave me. I've got to release them and forgive because when I do that, I not only set them free, I set myself free. Can you say amen? Many of the troubles in our lives, in our marriage, in our relationships, is because of unforgiveness. It's because we've not learned to forgive others. Jesus said, forgive them, Lord, for they don't know what they do. Let's begin to look at forgiveness in a different way because God forgave you. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com give.